Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. I want to take this opportunity to welcome you to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad you are here. Just want to invite everybody to go ahead and grab your bulletin. Let's hear, tear, tear those tabs off. Good. If you're visiting with us today, we want to invite you to fill out the side that says welcome so that we can get to know you and offer you the chance to get to know us. I ask you to drop that in the offering plate. On the back side of that for all of us is the prayer request side of that. If you have some prayer concerns you'd like to share with the church family, please do so through that. Also, you can use that as a care slip. Just be sure that you write care on that. Please get um, ministry opportunities to our care ministry for those who may need encouraging phone calls, cards, or other types of ministries. Uh, also, look in front of the pews. There should be some care slips there as well. So please turn those in so that we can keep our care ministry um, informed and able to, to do the ministry that we need to do. I want to take this opportunity real quick to recognize some special guests that we have with us this morning. I'm going to ask the Mission Serve team in the middle just to stand up and everybody get a chance to see them this morning. This is Charlie's squad this week, so they, they're still getting to know each other. They're made up of about four different churches. I know they're, y'all guys can have a seat. I ain't going to make you get looked at no more. But uh, my understanding is there's probably around eight different churches who were gathered at Elizabeth Baptist Church this week. That's where they're going to be staying at, and they're going to be doing mission work in the Shelby and Four City area. So be praying for them this week as they get to know each other on their squads, but also as they get to see God work in a real unique and special way in their lives and in the lives of the homeowners and the communities that they're going to be coming in contact with. So just keep them in your prayers this week. We'll be feeding them lunch after this today, so we're glad to be able to do that. I want to make note that today is the beginning of our new sermon series on roots of hospitality, and that will carry on into our Sunday evening uh, summer spiritual growth sessions, which will begin tonight at 5 p.m. in the Lighthouse Room. So I want to invite you to be back tonight at 5 o'clock for that. There are a couple of committee meetings this afternoon I want to draw your attention to. If you are on church use committee, you will be meeting at 3 p.m. this afternoon. 3 p.m. church use committee, and then our church planning team will be meeting at 3.30. And we'll be meeting in the Kerygma classroom. So if you're on church planning team, please try to be at that meeting this afternoon. We'll be talking about a few things, um, and our, especially our Wednesday evening um, time, which we'll begin back on uh, when the, in the fall when school starts back. We want to do some pre-planning for that. I want to draw note to the uh, beautiful flower arrangement that is placed this morning in honor of uh, Frank and Laura Toms. And yesterday was a special day for them. So pray for them as a new couple and for their families. I want to draw your attention to the back. that has an order of things that are going on this week, daily opportunities for service and other things that are going on want to let you know that Wednesday we will have our res uh, regular Wednesday care team and prayer meeting. Uh, so want to make sure that if you're on our team that you participate in the care ministry this week. With that being said, I do, want, I, I do need to make uh, an announcement about the bottom on the back of your bullets and the variety show that will be August the 30th. Please sign up for that. That's a real neat time for our church, great time of fellowship. We want everybody to be able to participate in that, and that will be a lot of fun. So uh, jot your name down on that, drop it off and play it, or turn it into the office. I know that they'll appreciate getting you on the list. All right, I'm going to recognize Tommy Hackett this morning from the Personnel Committee. He has a special presentation. 
For those of you who are old enough to watch the Andy Griffin show or the U.S. Marine Corps with Gomer Pyle, he was just a special person in a way until one night he sang on the Ed Sullivan show and he was fantastic. And that's what we've had for two years and 11 months, having Dr. Ed as our minister of music. There's no way we can say enough in appreciation for what he has done, not only for the choir, but to help lead this church in worship. I asked the choir members to describe him in just a word or two. <laughs> you want to stand up here so we can tell you? All right. The first one is exceptional, a, dedica a dedicated servant, witty, energetic, joyful, a good sport, a lovely spirit, a joyful perfectionist, wise, tenacious, and whoever wrote this and has been in the choir a good while, they wrote wild. <laughs> but I can tell you a little bit about that. When he first came here, he had to get us going. And in choir practice, it wasn't this. He was sticking out his foot and stomping on the floor to get us going. Uh, things like, what's the matter with y'all? You just practiced this last week. You forgot it already? <laughs> or the Sopranos, that was your key. Why didn't you come in? <laughs> and the altos, where were you? And one time, he even started all over because he said, I didn't come in in time. And then also he got some comments like, we have to read the notes, the words, and watch you. Um, he was fun, he was humorous, very knowledgeable. Disciplined, simply awesome, encouraging, very energizing. He made choir fun. He's a dedicated Christian and a great minister of music. Is Nancy Blaylock here? Come on up. Paul, the um, prayer shawl ministry would like to present you with this prayer shawl. And uh, three people worked on this, Thelma Whitney, Catherine Hamrick, and Susan Gaddis. And we hope that you just uh, take this and enjoy it. And um, McGrath wants to read something that goes with it. Thank you. This is a prayer shawl, your wings to take you above your troubles, wrap it around you when you're sad, happy, needing comfort, worried, ill, cold, needing answers, praying. Let the shawl be a place where you can meet God, all-encompassing, non-judging, where you can just be. This wrap has been blessed by the hands and intentions of the knitters, it holds many prayers and good wishes. As you wear this shawl, you may be cradled in hope, kept in joy, graced with peace, and wrapped in love. Let this shawl represent the arms of God and the prayers of fellow Christians wrapping around you.
and Paul from the choir, they have prepared a book of pictures and thank you messages. And this congregation voted to give you a two weeks gift of pay while you're leaving. Thank you very much. And again, thank you very much. Well, I guess after that Andy Griffith uh, reference, I should say, golly! Um, it has, this is, this worship service does not need to be about me. You know, I always feel that way. It's about the Lord. But I do want to say thank you very much for your hospitality, for your love, your support. Um, hopefully I've stretched you a little bit, helped you to grow, and helped you uh, to come before the presence of the Lord. It's been an honor and a joy to serve you in this way. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. And I know that you're in good hands with Roger, so that's going to be a great thing for you. Again, thank you very much. All right. All right, time to talk Sunday school. Yay! Um, <clears throat> why do people laugh about that? I love Sunday. Um, anyway, one of the things that I have observed as a Sunday school um, director, superintendent, whatever you want to call it, over the past year is that many people don't know what each Sunday school class does, who they are, what they're learning, how they're learning, etc. Um, and so when people come to our church, and are looking for a Sunday school class, they're not necessarily looking for one that has people the same age as them. They're looking for one where they can learn in the way that best suits them. So along those lines, I'm going to ask all my Sunday school classes, I've got a little project, um, which you'll be hearing more about. Um, we want a one to two sentence statement about your class. Describe your class. Um, and we're going to make a little um, bulletin-shaped pamphlet that can go home with people when they visit. Um, so that they'll know a little bit more and can hopefully find a place to plug in. Um, because, you know, for, um, for us and for my wife in particular, she didn't feel connected to the church until she was part of Sunday school. Sunday school is the heartbeat of our church. So I want everyone who can to be involved. So I hope everyone will help me out with that over the coming weeks. So more to come. Thank you. For our first song, you will need a bulletin because that's uh, where the words are found. This is the song that we learned going up into Easter and uh, to sing on Easter morning because it is called Resurrection Hymn, but it is um, a great opening hymn for any Sunday morning. Let's stand as we sing, please.
died for us so that we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Second stanza. our building outside our Sunday school classes we have these signs that are up outside of the doors and it tells the name of the class but at the top it's got what is pictured here a pineapple and then you see the word some of you may or may not be able to read that welcome there's a pineapple and then the word welcome what does pineapple have to do with the word welcome does anybody know any clue? Do you like pineapple? I like pineapple. If I'd have thought and been a little bit more prepared, I would have brought a pineapple with me today, but I just made a confession that said I wasn't prepared. Um, so you're just going to have to take a picture as a pineapple and, and then listen to this story because le legend tells us that in 1493, Christopher Columbus and his men landed on the island known now as Guadalupe on their second voyage of discovery. Now, when they came to the island, there wasn't like a door 
or there wasn't like a welcoming committee or anybody standing on the shore bringing them in. Um, one of the things that you might think about when you go to somebody's house and you get to the front door, if you look down, there might be a mat outside the front door, and it may say the word welcome on it too. So there, there wasn't any of that kind of thing in, in 1493. So how did they know that they would be welcomed by those who were living on the island? They couldn't speak the language. So legend tells us that the villages that they encountered, if they were welcomed there, there was a pineapple outside of the entrance. And this let them know that they were welcomed there. Now, I don't have much more to the story as to say, well, what happened if they entered the village without a pineapple, but apparently they went into some villages that there wasn't a pineapple out front and they weren't welcomed very well. So this became a symbol of welcome and hospitality. Now that H word, hospitality, is a word that, that Pastor Keith's going to be preaching about this, uh, this Sunday and some Sundays to come. We're going to be talking about it on Sunday nights too. But the word hospitality and welcome kind of go together. Now what do you think it means to be hospitable if, if if you want to think about the word hospitality. you have any idea? Well, let's think about those strangers coming into these villages and they are welcomed. When somebody is welcomed into your home, what do you do? You ask them in. You may give them some food. Yeah. You may let them play with your toys. Yes. Share your toys. Maybe. Um... But, but you, don't, you don't just make them leave. In other words, if they are welcome there and you're going to be hospitable, you're going to be kind. You're going to be meeting their needs. Um, let's use a good example of someone your age who comes to church for the first time and you don't know them. It might be a good idea to show them to your Sunday school class or maybe share with them kind of how things work at the church. You know, show them where the restroom is. Those kind of things because they don't know that. Have you ever been to a place that was strange and you didn't know what to do when you got there? Did, did anybody help you? And what was that like when somebody helped you? It was very nice, wasn't it? it? It helped a lot. So the story goes on to say that when Christopher Columbus went back uh, to Europe that he used the pineapple as a, as a sign of welcome and hospitality. So anytime you see that pineapple, you should know that you are welcome, all right? But I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't know that every time you see that pineapple where it's posted that people are going to put the two together. But know that if we're going to fly the flag of hospitality and welcome with a pineapple, then we need to be welcoming, don't we? Um, and church needs to be a place that people are welcome, regardless of who they are or where they're from. We need to be welcoming to them. And not just a, hey, how are you doing, but going a step further, taking the extra step to really um, befriend them and talk to them and show them around and be hospitable. All right? So let's try to do that with people that we see. All right? Be welcoming and hospitable. Big word in it. You can use that word now. Hey, let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, and for your love that gives us the ability to be hospitable. And I pray, Lord, that we would be attracted to those who may be visitors, who may be in a strange place. 
help us to, um, to befriend them and really try to show them um, the love of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of the new worship choruses that's out right now is Oceans Where Feet May Fall and or fail. I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but I had the choir sing it a few weeks ago. And one of the, the phrases in there that I really like is that expression that's used is, I am his and he is mine. And there's an old hymn that goes like that. And we're going to sing that for you this morning because... That's what our relationship with the Lord is all about, is I want to be his, and I'm so thankful that he is mine. Loved with everlasting love, led by grace that love to know, gracious spirit from above, now and care and self-resign while he whispers in my ear I am his and he is mine while he whispers in my ear I am his and he is mine is forever only his who the lord and me shall part ah with what a rest of bliss christ can fill the loving heart heaven and earth may fade and flee firstborn But while God and I shall be, I am his and he is mine. But while God and I shall be, I am. 
God, we have much to celebrate this morning. We thank you for Paul and his ministry here at Bowling Springs Baptist. We're grateful for the things that he has taught us and uh, the music, the worship that we have enjoyed. Father, we praise you this morning that you are risen from the dead. We praise you that we have been welcomed. And God, we ask that you teach us more about what it means to welcome one another. As we welcome in those who are struggling with physical illness, as we welcome in those today who are here and your mind is uh, off thinking about uh, relationship issues with children, with brothers or sisters or parents, Father, we ask for your wisdom today in those matters. We pray that you would give us direction. Father, we pray that as we worship you today that you would speak to us and that, Father, we will leave here if something is unsettled in our midst or relationally or if we need some direction in our, in our lives regarding some decisions and choices that need to be made. We pray, Father, that you would speak to us in the midst of the songs, in the midst of the prayers, the midst of your word that is read and preached today. Father, we are open, so speak. We thank you for your presence that's here this morning. And Father, we ask today that you would uh, have your will and your way in our lives, in our hearts, and that we'll leave here today saying it's good to have been in the house of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. People we go to school with, people we work with, our neighbors, people that come into this church. They may think they know who Jesus is, but often they don't. It's just what they've heard. The question is, where are they going to see Jesus? 571 answers that question. They need to see Jesus in you so that they can see who Jesus is. We're going to stand and sing only the first and last stanza, 571.
Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you this morning for life itself, for the health that allows us to be here. Help us to realize that all that we have comes from you, all of life with its goodness, all of our blessings, all of our opportunities. And, O oh, Father, help us to be more grateful than we are and help us to be more generous. Father, we know you call us to be good stewards. Help us do that. And we pray, O oh Lord, for our church. Help us, O oh Lord, to be found faithful. Help us to be busy witnessing to the lost and serving the needy. To that end, we dedicate our gifts this morning. And Father, in all that we say and do, may we reflect the love of Christ. Amen.
Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We'll be looking at this out of a couple different translations this morning. Paul, before I continue, I want to say thank you. I've enjoyed working with you. You're, you will be missed in the office and here in the sanctuary as well. But we wish you well and thank you for all that you have done. <clears throat> I'm glad and was pleasantly surprised, really, uh, that some of you took my challenge last Sunday, it was just a spontaneous challenge to say, hey, it might be good if we begin reading through Proverbs. And I've seen on Facebook this week and talked with many of, many of you as well uh, here today and throughout the week that have accepted that challenge and are reading through Proverbs. So uh, don't get caught up in the, the chapter that you're in. Is it the same chapter other people are in? But uh, some of you are ahead. Some of you are on chapter seven, I believe it is today, if you started last Monday. Uh, but don't get caught up in all of that, but just be reading through Proverbs together as a church. Uh, and if you, something speaks to your heart, you want to post it, feel free, or share it with your class or a friend that you know is, is reading through Proverbs together. But a great passage 
passage uh, to read a chapter a day. I heard someone say this morning, it's hard to read just a chapter a day because you want to read ahead. But uh, I am pleasantly pleased and, and uh, that that challenge was accepted. This morning does begin a new sermon series called The Roots of Hospitality. And next Sunday we'll have a way of, of putting that image on our bulletin, which I'm excited about. But if you can imagine a tree, some of you have seen these trees before in pictures and the roots are all down there and each root is, is very significant. The tree would not be as productive and fruitful if we were to take certain roots away from its root system. And so there's a lot of different elements that make up a good, healthy hospitality tree, if you will want to think about it that way. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking at what it means to have a graceful welcome, a humble welcome, an impartial welcome. And we're going to be breaking some of those things down and looking, looking at them a little bit deeper. But today we're going to be looking at just the topic or the subject, what is hospitality and why is it important? Why are we talking about it? Well, we're going to look at that today. But uh, join me in reading Romans 12. And uh, I'll begin, or you can follow along, I'll begin reading at verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Ser fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another and do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. I'm reading the same passage out of the New Living Translation. You can either follow along again or just let these words, close your eyes and let these words speak to your heart. Romans 12, beginning at verse 9 again. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and stand on the side of the good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or, if they need, lodging for the night. If people persecute you because you are a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they're sad, share their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other and don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone and do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do your part to live at peace with everyone as much as possible. Our key verse here today in Romans 12 is verse 13 about what it means to practice hospitality. To use one more scripture, the message paraphrase says, be inventive in your hospitality. I love that word. Be inventive, be creative in the way that you practice hospitality. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that you would add your blessing to the reading and to the preaching of your word. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 
Amen. So what is hospitality? Well, let's do a little word search here. Romans 12, 13 that mentions hospitality is philo, philo uh, nexia. It's the combination of two words, philos, which is we think of brotherly love or affection, and then the other word, xenos, which is stranger. So affection toward strangers. We also know the word hospitality includes the word hospital, which when you look that up, it's a place of shelter and rest for travelers, first of all, but it's also a place of healing. Think about that in relationship to church. When we're offering somebody a hospitable welcome, that the word hospital is in hospitality, and it means place of healing. This place has been that for many of you, and may it continue to be. Let's think of hospitality as we move forward as a church, not only in reference to our visitors and guests who will come in our doors, but let's also think about it in relationship to one another. Many of you have shared life, loss, joys and victories, sorrows with one another here in this place. And this place for you has been a place of healing because of the friendships, again, because of the relationships that others have extended to you. Hospitality was a necessary practice in the ancient world. There were no Hampton Inns, Marriott's, or Americ Inns, I believe it is, it is here in Bowling Springs, or Motel Sixes. The Bible and early church fathers both speak about the necessity and the, the sacredness of giving and receiving hospitality. The way this would work is a stranger would enter a city and stand in an open place and wait for someone to come and offer them lodging and hospitality. The one who offered this care would treat the stranger well. They would offer water for their animals, water for washing of the feet and the hands, and they would offer a meal and most likely a place to lodge. Hospitality was at times even offered to enemies, I learned this week, and the reason being is less danger in offering them food and lodging than in raising the enemy's anger by withholding hospitality. And perhaps this could even turn an enemy into a friend. Early on in Israel's history, they were strangers in foreign lands. God told them to remember this fact and to treat all strangers with love and respect. This was an act of obedience that might lead to a blessing from God and one might be actually entertaining God. In the New Testament, Jesus had no home, as we know, and relied on the hospitality of others. When Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, they depended on the hospitality of others, as did Peter and Paul. New Testament churches were encouraged to practice hospitality. Hebrews 13, 2, which is a great verse on this, it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Before coming to Boiling Springs to serve as your new pastor, I was an interim pastor at a church above Greensboro called New Bessemer Baptist. But prior to that, I spent three years traveling across North Carolina for an organization called Baptist Retirement Homes. I would help raise money and thank those churches that partnered with us in that way. And the last year that I served with Baptist Retirement Homes, I spoke in 52 different churches. 
Now that wasn't 52 Sundays, it was I think 20-something Sundays, several Wednesdays, a few, several senior lunches, which I enjoyed, um, very good. But um, one of the things I noticed, thinking about hospitality and feeling led to move forward in a sermon series on hospitality and thinking about our church in this area, um, there are many things we do well and we're going to work on some other things as well as we move forward. But, you know, I received different welcomes. I began to think about the different welcomes that I received or didn't receive in churches as I traveled. And sometimes they would see me simply as a denominational rep, and that's all I ever would be, I could tell, to that church. They just, know oh, that's a guy from the denomination. He's here to thank us and talk about things. And so um, some people, that was a great thing, and others, it was just, I was some guy from some Baptist entity, and so that's what I was. But um, some churches, I was graciously welcomed. I mean, it was just, you know, it was wonderful. But what I thought was most impressive is that I could tell that no matter I was who I was, if I was just here as a guest praying that morning, they would have treated me the same way. And other churches, to, to the flip side of that, you know, I wasn't greeted before the service, and I, was, I had to ask somebody, okay, now where do I, you know, oh, well, this is what, you, you know. And it, so there wasn't any, there wasn't a lot of dialogue and relationship going on before the service, and there wasn't much afterwards either. And some of these churches knew that I had traveled several hours to speak there that morning, and they may have said goodbye. There was no meal offered or anything like that before I hit the road. And so I received and got to see both ends of the spectrum in regards to hospitality. And the churches, some of the churches, I may not have seen eye to eye with everything that the church was, the way that they saw things and the way that they saw faith or interpreted scripture. But some, many of these churches I wanted to go back to, the ones where I was welcomed, um, I may not have seen things eye to eye with them, but I just wanted to go back because I was loved. I knew that when I was there, no matter who I was or what, who I was representing, they were glad that I was there, and I was appreciative of that, and that was something that I certainly felt. In our daily lives, we've all had good and bad examples of hospitality. I'm not going to name names, but somebody in the church was treating our family to dinner. It was so, so nice a few weeks ago. We had a horrible experience. This person felt bad, and I said, look, it's not, it has nothing to do with you. But we, went to, we went to a chain restaurant, it will remain nameless, in Shelby, although I should tell you who it was not to go there, but it will remain, it will remain nameless. And we had horrible service. We had to track somebody down to wait on us. When our food finally came, about an hour later, it was wrong. They brought my wife, she ordered soup. How can you mess up soup? It didn't have a spoon, okay? Um, who, who gives somebody soup without a spoon? Uh, so, you know, we're, and then my son, he ordered a chicken quesadilla, and it was just, it came as just a cheese quesadilla, okay? So we had to ask for more silverware. We had to ask for more napkins. We didn't know when they would arrive, but we asked for them nonetheless. We witnessed another table. It wasn't just us. We witnessed another table refusing to pay because of the service that they had received. So it wasn't just, but anyway, it was just a terrible experience. But to move on, let's get to some good news, right? Um, when you go in, one of our families, our, one of our, our family's favorite place to eat, as far as a fast food type meal, you might imagine would be Chick-fil-A. We had several Chick-fil-A's in and around Winston-Salem, and 
my son loves to go to Chick-fil-A. I love to go to Chick-fil-A. And one of the things, let me just share a few things they do. In the parking lot, if it's, especially if it's lunchtime, lunchtime is a busy, busy time for Chick-fil-A's. All the business people and everybody that want to go to get a good, quick, uh, delicious, yet inexpensive lunch, and they go to Chick-fil-A. And so the lines will be long at the counter, the lines will be long at the drive-through. But what I often would see in Winston is two or three people out there with their tablets in the line, go ahead and, and getting your order, while, before you get up to the drive-thru while you're in line. And so when you get up to the window, your order is ready. So they do that. I've seen them when it's raining. I've seen uh, the workers standing inside the restaurant with umbrellas waiting to go to cars when they see cars drive up and it's pouring down rain. And I've had somebody before meet me at the car with an umbrella and walk me into the restaurant. While I'm there, if I'm sitting down and eating, um, I'm getting a mint from the ladies come by. Hey, would you like a mint? Can I get you a refill? And they'll, they'll you know, take your straw, take your lid and straw. You know, we keep that and they'll go and get us a refill. And then every time when you say thank you to any Chick-fil-A employee, what do they say? It's my pleasure. Look at that in unison. It's my pleasure. Um, but it's a great place to eat exact opposite of where we went a few weeks ago. And so as we think about our church and as we think about offspring, offspring, I don't know where that word came from, offering, <laughs> as we think about offering hospitality, what is our motivation for hospitality? Is our motivation to get people to join the church? I read this week that hospitality is not a recruitment strategy designed to manipulate strangers into church members. It's not about meeting institutional goals. So why do we welcome? We welcome because we have first been welcomed. People, that's good news. We welcome because we have first been welcomed. What will happen as a result of our welcome? That part is up to God. All we are called to do is let people know that they are welcome. This type of welcome goes deeper than a mere acknowledgement of another person's presence. Us guys have a thing that we do a lot of times. I've done it here at the Kangaroo and Snack Shop and other places here in Bowling Springs. When you see another guy, especially if it's a younger guy, what do you get mostly? They don't want to shake your hand and hug you and, you know, all this, but you get a, you know, you get a, or sometimes you maybe you go, you go down, you go, you know, like that. I, I don't know if it means different if you give an up nod or a down nod, I don't know, but, uh, but you get a nod. But it's a way of saying, hey, I'm acknowledging you, but I don't really want to have a big conversation with you, you know? It's a way of being nice, in a southern way, maybe. I, don't, I guess they do it up north, too. I don't know. Um, but you give them the head knowledge. But when, we, when people come to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, they are needing and desiring more than a head nod. They are desiring a personal, genuine welcome. One of the churches that our family would go to, as I shared with you, I traveled a lot with Baptist retirement homes, and so about two, sometimes at the most three Sundays a month, I would be gone speaking somewhere. But when we did have uh, a Sunday or several Sundays to, to go to different churches, we took that opportunity as a family and did that. Uh, there was one church that we landed in, more so than the others, in Winston-Salem, that was a little bit different than the church that I would have chosen. My wife and son very much enjoyed going there, and the welcome and the hospitality that they extended to us, even though that would not have been where I would have chosen to go, that's where our family desired to go because of the way they made us feel when we were there. But just to give you an example, we would come in and uh, someone didn't know us the very first Sunday, and they stopped, looked at us square in the face, act like nothing else was going on, even though I think this person was a leader. They, they said, we're glad you're here today. They shook our hand. They said, tell me about your family. What are your names? 
And so we told them our names. And, you know, the amazing thing is the next Sunday, they remembered our names. That was amazing. Now, you know, look, I, I'm one man among uh, many here as a congregation, so please continue to be patient with me. We're going to be talking about a graceful welcome in the future. I continue to need that grace from you as I'm, I'm getting better every week, but I'm still struggling with your names. But um, it's great when we have those same greeters in the same place each week, and they remember. They were, oh, this is a family. This was Aiden and Keith and Renee. They were here last Sunday. And then immediately uh, what happened every week is they would turn to somebody near them and they would say, so-and-so. They said, come here. I want you to meet Keith, Renee, and Aiden. Now, Aiden likes such-and-such. And, and, and Renee's into this and da-da-da. And, and they, they knew a little bit about it. And they remembered what had happened the week before. And what would happen is I could tell this was not, maybe they had had some good training on greeting and hospitality, I don't know, but I could tell that they weren't just going through the motions. They weren't going through the checklist of the things that they learned in their Monday night training on hospitality, but they were genuinely offering us a good welcome to the church, and it meant so much to us. I want you to think about something for a minute. Um, the way the culture has changed, I don't need to go on and on about that, but what I do want to say something about is how automated our world has become, if you think about it. You can gas up your car, you can go take money out of the bank, you can check out a book from the library where I came from, uh, you can uh, buy your groceries at the grocery store or go to Lowe's Home Improvement and buy whatever you want to buy that can go through the self-checkout. Um, you can basically shop for almost anything you want online, have it delivered to your doorstep, and you can cycle through your whole day or whole week sometimes and receive very few personal hellos from another human being. Before technology started taking over our lives, daily activities spurred conversations and connections because you had to actually interact with other people to complete transactions. Now, for some folks, those kinds of face-to-face -face interactions, those moments that, of human touch and connection may only happen at church. Sunday morning may be their most anticipated time of the week, and what will they find when they come? To genuinely welcome someone into our midst is to offer them a place to find refuge and rest and healing, if that healing is needed. But it can only be a place of healing, excuse me, place. there are a lot of other people out there who don't come to church because they've been told for whatever reason they're not welcome. Maybe they've been told that directly. I've actually heard that. But maybe they've been told they're not welcome by the expressions and the nonverbal communication of some churches. Maybe it was because of the way they were dressed. Maybe it was because they know this person believes things a little bit differently than they do. For whatever reason, people have been, it's been communicated to people, whether verbally or nonverbally, or through our expressions, our emotions, our reactions to them, that they are not welcome. Any one of those people may build up the courage, maybe next week, to give God one more try. And they may come to Boiling Springs Baptist on Sunday. Will they be welcome here? It's no accident that the words, again, hospitality and hospital come from the same Latin word, again, like we've said, that, which means a place of healing. But we're only getting half the picture if we believe that we are the only ones with something to offer when we welcome others. We not only offer them a blessing, but we open ourselves to be blessed by them. The next person to walk through the door may very well be a messenger sent from God here to make a tremendous impact on Boiling Springs Baptist Church. In the coming weeks, we'll be looking at what it means 
to offer a graceful welcome, a humble welcome, an impartial welcome, and we may look at some other welcomes. I believe there are two reasons that people come to church. Now, this is nothing that I've read. This is something that, that I've been praying about and thinking about this week, and it's just my thoughts. You may think of others, but I think there are two main reasons that people come to church. Number one is people are looking to grow in their knowledge and in their relationship with God. We want to learn more about God in our heads, but we also want to experience God personally, in a relationship. We do that through worshiping, we do that through other people, but we were looking to grow in our knowledge and in our relationship with God. That's one of the reasons we come to church. The second is we're wanting to do this while also developing friendships. People are longing for friends. And I've shared with you a few weeks ago, developing friendships is different and more intentional than simply being friendly. Every church in Cleveland County, every church that exists in our nation and around our world should be a friendly church. But there's difference. There is a major difference in being friendly and establishing intentional friendships. People desire and long for love. One of the reasons we come to church. It is worth noting that almost every time hospitality is mentioned in the, two, in the New Testament, as well as in today's passage, just before hospitality is mentioned, a verse on love is mentioned. Romans 12, 9, we began today. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Hebrews 13, 1, that also speaks of hospitality. It says, let the love of the brethren continue as, as you show hospitality. Do not neglect hospitality. There are several others that we could mention this morning. Why the focus on hospitality? Why now? I think it's an important time in the life of our church before we move forward in a lot of other areas or initiatives or uh, areas where we may want to grow together or learn together, I think this one thing is of utmost importance. Let's get this right as we move forward as a church in the way that we've talked about. And you can dream with me. And on Sunday nights, as Wesley and I will be leading a discussion, I invite you to, to dream with us about ways that we can improve uh, our hospitality as a church. We talked about having a golf cart in the parking lot to pick up seniors or anyone who may just need a ride into the, the church or to Sunday school. Or maybe they parked on this side of the church and then we start talking to them and we realize they need to be on that side of the church. And so we have a pretty big campus. Wouldn't it be great to have a little golf cart, take them around on a Sunday morning. They could enjoy the ride on a hot morning like this. It'd be a nice, cool ride uh, to ride around like that. But what are some other, you know, signage as you come in the, the entrance ways, there's no signs indicating if you have a preschooler or a children, a child or a youth or a couple, you know, which, where do you go? Which side of the building do you go to? So we're going to talk about some of these things and we're going to look at some of these things. What are the, some ways we can improve uh, the greeting before church, before Sunday school or after church? Uh, so I invite you to come and, and join in on those on those conversations. Spiritual writer Henry Nowen said this, hospitality is the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend. Hosp hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them a space where change can take place. Some of our guests may come only once. Some may, may visit while they're passing through. We're glad to have you guys today that are passing through. Some may decide that Boiling Springs Baptist Church isn't right for them. Our job, though, however, is to create the space and trust the Spirit of God to do the rest. My hope and prayer is that by taking some time as a church on Sunday mornings and again Sunday evenings, that we can be better begin to understand the importance and the significance that hospitality has, on, not only on church members, but also, again, on our guests and our visitors as well. 
My hope and prayer is that a year from now, people who come on our campus for the very first time may feel this love and this sense of hospitality even greater than they may feel it this morning. We pray that those who visit may feel loved, may, they, they may feel valued, and they may feel important. It's one thing, I, like I said, when I traveled, I received a lot of different welcomes, and, and I, most of them were, were friendly and nice, uh, but there were some that I really left thinking, man, they were really glad I was here. I sensed that as I left, but based on the conversations and the welcome that I received, I could tell that I was, they were really glad and genuinely glad that I was there. I am okay with the fact that some people may not always like my preaching. That's, that's, I have to be okay with that as a minister. Some, some Sunday mornings I hit it, and some Sunday mornings I don't. I have to be okay with some of the Sundays people may not like my sermon. Some of the Sundays our visitors or our guests may not be so crazy maybe about the songs that we sing. But they simply can't help themselves about coming back because of the love that they feel when they are here. Maya Angelou, I put this in a recent encounter a few, several weeks ago, Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. As we move forward and let God work in us regarding hospitality, there will be days when some of you may not feel like offering that warm, genuine, heartfelt welcome to others. It may be that you are at that place where you need the healing that day, where you need the encouragement, where you need someone to truly welcome you and say, you know what, I can tell you're not looking, you're not feeling like yourself today. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you and that I'm praying for you, whatever words you may offer. It's my hope that on those days when you don't feel like you can be, excuse me, it's my hope that on those days you will feel like you can be real and that you can be honest with others. Part of hospitality is meeting others where they are, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. I want to close our time together with two challenges this morning. The first relates a little bit to last week in the sense that I want to challenge you. Number one, pursue growth in your own relationship with God. Pursue growth in your own relationship with God, whether that's through reading a chapter of Proverbs a day, whether that's uh, a favorite devotional book or purchasing a new devotional book that will add some new insights and new thoughts, new questions that would challenge you each day in your relationship with God. But find something to help you pursue your relationship with God. The second challenge that I want to ask of each of us this morning is from this Sunday forward until you know every single person that's in this place but, but even then, when we start seeing new people coming in, then the challenge will continue then as well. But as each Sunday that you're here, take a moment before church, after church. You know, when that prelude starts, it kind of reminds us, okay, our attention now needs to be focused on God. But I want you to take that time before the prelude before the, and after the postlude to do this one thing. I want you to find and identify each Sunday two different people or two families that you simply don't know that well. And I want you to introduce yourself to them. Now, if, if some of you who are really shy, you may be the ones, people may be coming up to you, maybe more so than you going to others, and that's okay. I realize God, some, we've talked about that as a staff over the last several weeks. So we're some, some of us are extroverts, and we love people, we're all about people, and some of us have to just kind of slowly warm up, and that's kind of how God makes us. And so I understand that. But I want you, if you're willing, to accept this challenge, to identify two different people every Sunday that you simply don't know that well. Maybe you, maybe you know their names or maybe you don't. But to go up and to introduce yourself and to say, my name is Keith McKinney. I'm not sure if I know you that well. I'm not sure if I know your name. 
I had uh, somebody, I'll, they'll remain nameless, the first night I was here on Sunday night for the ice cream social with Jim Richardson, um, an older family in our church, uh, he came up to me as we were standing in line and we were talking about guests and the future and the church and all of this and he said, Keith, he said, um, he said, I went up to this younger couple and I introduced myself the other Sunday. He said, they told me their names and he said, they, they were members and they'd been coming for a year. He said, I didn't know them. And um, if I told you who it was, you would, you would enjoy it, but I'm not going to do that. Um, um, but he said, he said, I didn't know him. And so, you know, I started asking him, and I was talking to some others since I've been here, you know, and I think that's the case. We are, we are somewhat of a larger congregation in the sense that we don't know everybody like, like we would like to. And so I want to ask you two things. Number one is pursue spiritual growth in your own life, whatever that might look like, uh, whether it's a devotional, whether it's reading through a book, whether it's meeting with a small group, whatever it may be, but pursue spiritual growth in your own life. And the second thing is find two people each Sunday that you just simply don't know that well and get to know them a little bit better. So we'll practice some, some pre-worship or maybe pre-Sunday school or post-Sunday school pre-worship and post-worship hospitality as we seek to get to know people. <clears throat> the roots of hospitality are not complicated, but they are essential in the uh, for growth in the Christian life and for growth in the church. This morning, and each morning that we gather for worship, we welcome because we have first been welcomed. The Bible tells us that our sin separates us from God, and because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection, you and I can now be welcomed into the throne room of God Almighty. Amen? Let us extend that welcome to others who come, uh, that they can find this place of healing, this place of rest and refuge where they can begin to discover and learn, if they haven't already, this personal relationship with a loving and kind Heavenly Father. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for welcoming us. We thank you that, um, that you've loved us enough to see us as we are in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our imperfections, and you sent your son, Jesus Christ. You knew that we would not faithfully walk with you from that moment on, but Father, you sent your son anyway. So Father, remind us this morning of your love and your grace. And as we move forward in, in improving and in working on the ways that we welcome others, Father, we pray that we would do that as well, that we would welcome others with a graceful spirit. Lord, with the love and kindness that first came from you when you welcomed us. Speak to us now today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you desire church membership, uh, we would love to talk with you about that. If you're here today and uh, you need to pray, the altar is open. You can pray where you are as well. Uh, but let's let the Lord speak as we stand and sing in song. A hymn is 482, All to Thee. Give my all. Let's, 482, let's stand, please.
glad you're in God's house today. We say amen. amen. Our mission serve group, please know again that you are welcome. And I think we have lunch prepared for you today. So um, we look forward to sharing that time with you and blessings on your week. I know it's been hot last week. So you're serving this week, not last week, right? So my hope and prayer is that it will be at least a few degrees cooler. I don't know if we'll get that prayer answered, but uh, that's my hope anyway. So blessings on you and your work here in Cleveland County this week. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank each of you for being here today. I don't know if you noticed, and Paul, I, if we don't talk about it now, we may later. You know, when I turned around the ministry, the end of invitation, you know, turns around, I did the head nod, you know, uh, <laughs> like we talked about. I don't know if I did it down or up, but anyway. Um, uh, but try on your way out today to give somebody more than a head nod and give them a, a, a formal and, and nice greeting today. But let's now uh, receive this benediction. Let's pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.